Greetings, dangerous strangers, and welcome to Unwholesome. Here, you'll find stories of the fantabulously fantastic, splendidly spooky, deliciously dreadful, wonderfully whimsical, and phantasmagorically gory. Truly, your source for all things wholly unwholesome. Open your heart, mind, and ears, and let's begin. Now, we are pleased to bring you A Feast of Starving Saints, a radio play where a young girl is forced to consider the cost of all things. Join her for an evening in the orchard. Do I walk on floorboards made of bone? Rugs of hair? Is my clothing dyed with blood? And are my shoes made with the flesh of the enemies of my family? What does it mean to be an enemy of my family? Only the last of these questions has a real answer, but one best answered, as always, at the beginning of the story, or even just before to understand where all things come from. And in my family, all things come from my father. One thing to understand about my father, he came from nothing, but my whole life I've had everything. He made sure of this, just as he assured me that his affairs are not my own, nor are they my mother's. So long as they stay out of the so home. So long as they stay out of the home. Where does he go every day? I don't concern myself with it, except to pray always for his safe return. What does he do there? I don't concern myself with it, except to pray every day for his safe return. Don't you have anything more to say about it than just that? Everything we have comes from the work your father does all day. Asking only that we not concern ourselves with the tedium of each other's daily affairs. No more should a wife be burdened with a man's day-to-day -day activities than he with the things that she needs to do to make his clothing wearable or the chamber pots into something that can be lived with. And let me tell you, you have no idea how much easier it is to mend finer fabrics, to keep something new or clean. I know, I know. You and Papa came from nothing, and I have no more important task than learning how to maintain the household of a man of consequence. You say this like it's a burden. That's good, to feel burdened. This feeling will help you understand your husband. What's more, it will never leave you, so there's nothing wrong with getting used to it now. And as tiring and as boring as the affairs of women may be, Nothing but an accident of birth could have offered you a station much better than your own, and the same could have given you much worse. I know. I came from nothing. I'm just lucky that your father noticed me. My parents say this frequently, that they came from nothing. But they have ways to not say a word about how they made their way to something. Remember this, Bambina. You're so lucky. 
Your mother and I came from nothing. We've worked to make sure you never have to experience this. Thank you, Papa. You don't have to thank me. A life without is terrible. You never knew if you would eat or not. Anyone could push you around. Would never want you to have to go through that. Thank you, Papa. What's more, there is no safety in a life without consequence. There's always someone to push you around. You know, the Bourbons killed my sister, your namesake. My perfect Bambina in a church. Unspeakable. I know. It's a tragedy. I am grateful. You're a good girl now. Go see if your mother needs anything. Many of our conversations ended this way. He also said, at very quiet times, that all we have comes from lemons. lemons. They're so simple. Everyone wants lemons, and someone has to protect them. I could protect you, my little Bambina. I protect you to my last breath. said beyond what it means to protect lemons, and how to do so equates to wealth, is that he could not protect my namesake, the perfect Bambina. I'm no fool. I know, I've always known, that only death can make a person perfect, and even then only if they are lucky. It helps to die very old or very young, to outlive your sins, or to not have gotten around to committing anything more than minor transgressions of youth. <sighs> and of course, if ever you are to be perfect, you have to be smart enough to keep these same misdeeds discreet. If you are overt, you may die and your body may never be found. To survive, hide your weakness. Obvious, I know, but it's difficult when you're young and spend day after day walking to the market and the river and back again with your only friend, the daughter of your father's associate, one of the few people your own age, when everyone gathers for the Feast of the Saints. I'm so bored. Bambina, I'm so bored all the time. My mother says that we should get used to feeling bored and burdened because that's most of what life is. She told me that if it helps, it's the same for boys. But I don't see how that would help. She's probably right. Although, what if I have a plan for us not to be bored? Marcella. Bambina. You always think you're so clever when you do this. Out with it. Sneak out with me tonight. Come with me to taste the free night air. Free night air does not strike me as a filling last meal. Last meal? Nothing! How would we get caught? And even if we did, what's going to happen to us? We're not going to do anything bad. Come on. I'll say I found you sleepwalking and had to walk you back home. Sleepwalking? Don't worry if it sounds stupid. We're not going to get caught. So even if our story is that wolfmen kidnapped us from our beds and we had to sing to them to keep from getting eaten and only the setting of the moon freed us from their evil clutches, we'll be fine because I'm not going to get caught and I'm not going to let the best friend I'll ever have get caught. Flattery. Now I know it's a bad idea. Besides, I can experience night air without sneaking out. Night air with Giancarlo? Giancarlo? Giancarlo. And you. 
and Alessandro. It was his suggestion that it would be all four of us. I think he wanted it to sound like he wasn't assuming anything. You, me, Alessandro, and Giancarlo. Me and Alessandro, you and Giancarlo. I don't know. You do! I can't. Oh, look, I'm not asking you to run off and live in some mud hut, just the four of us trying to live off of nothing but love. I'm asking you to lose a night of sleep for a lifetime of remembering what it was to spend that very night running your hands through Giancarlo's hair before settling down with whichever has the guts to ask your father's permission for the honor. I'll think about it, but the answer's no. I'll be outside your window after dark, tapping on it so you can't sleep. Ah, weakness. Marcella was the only one who knew that Giancarlo had caught my eye. He was not a match my father would approve of. A musician. Giancarlo was the kind of boy my father called a layabout. Not able to provide for me the lifestyle I was accustomed to. And yet... Giancarlo was the only one for me during that short time when boys contained within them some kind of magic that could unlock some kind of magic within me. A notion I was outgrowing even before I received this fateful invitation. I remember, and even Marcella doesn't know this, that I used to sneak oranges in my pocket, two at a time, and then, once I knew I was alone and never before, I stuck them down my shirt to look down and imagine myself a woman who might be interesting to Giancarlo. I would rub my hands over my body as much as I could without disturbing the fruits. One of the best moments of my young life was the Easter when I gave Giancarlo one of these oranges outside the church, still warm from being so close to my heart. Of course I would allow myself to be spirited away by Giancarlo. Marcella didn't even tap my window once. As I lowered my body, never again so lovely as it was that day, down through the window, Giancarlo was there to hold my hips to expertly let me slide through his hands until my body had slid all the way down and he caught me under my arms, allowing him to set me down gently. My body tingled as if his hands were still on it as we stood face to face. Time slowed. My heart raced. <laughs> Bambina. Good evening. Giancarlo, good, good evening. I picked this for you. Plumeria. Marcella said they're your favorite. It's beautiful. I let Giancarlo put the flower in my hair, even though I could have done a better job myself. He placed it behind my ear without tucking the stem into my braid so it would stay. But it was exciting standing close, feeling the heat of Giancarlo's hand next to my face, and we were breathless even before we began running through the fragrant night as a thousand blossoms sighed with relief at the end to the heat of the day. My flower fell into my dress and tucked itself safely where the oranges used to go, so I didn't have to stop until we all collapsed into a giddy pile, pulsing with laughter, and a suspension of the barriers between us, if only for a few seconds. 
Marcella pulled herself together first, effortlessly looking fetching in the way of a certain kind of capable girl. I tried to do the same only to entice more laughter. I wish I had my mandolin. I could play for you. You made our little Bambina blush. Her face is warm and glowing. Marcella! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass you. <laughs> you didn't. I, I, I would love to hear you play. Yeah, she'd like to, maybe. Because she's polite. <laughs> if we walk slowly, maybe we can fall behind. Slow enough and maybe we can lose them all together. Unless Marcella is too smart for Alessandro, they'll get in trouble without us. In that case, they'll get in trouble. I kind of figured you were the smart one. Oh yeah? Why is that? Your father is the one who hired my father's band to play for the last three feasts of All Saints. So, if he's smart enough to hire the best musicians in Palermo... I must be smart, too. You're as smart as you are pretty. You can just tell. Those were the biggest feasts I'd ever seen. I feel like half of Palermo was there. Are those all your father's associates? I don't know. I mostly just do the cooking for the feasts. Are you the one who baked the pain de morte? That would be me. No offense to my dearly departed mother. Best I ever had. No. Truly, you have a gift. There is no close second. My father says the only better were his sisters before she died. Is she who taught you? She died before I was born. The Bourbons killed her. In a church, no less. I'm named after her. San Cataldo. Yes. Wait, how did you know that? All Saints Day. I saw him there with chrysanthemums, and I thanked him for the last night's feast. Oh, uh, sure. Where's Marcella? Without giving him a chance to talk me back, I ran ahead to Marcella, who had gotten farther ahead than expected. She had allowed us to be led into the orchard. I was breathless when I reached her side. Marcella! What, Bambina? We're in the orchard! No. We need to get out of here. Come on. It was as if the boys never existed. She took my hand and started pulling me out of the orchard, and before we even heard a voice, she had already pulled me to the ground. Who's there? We were invisible and silent. Even as Alessandro landed face down lifeless, so close we could touch him, we made no sound as we tried to pull ourselves backwards. Away from these foolish boys. Wait! Wait, 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 I'm with the- Giancarlo landed facing us. One of his hazel eyes was shot out and he had a hole through his neck. They're going to come for the bodies. I nodded. We kept backing away. Quiet. Quiet. Time slowed as we crawled on our bellies backward to the edge of the orchard. We wouldn't stand until there was no chance of being seen, and we anticipated that we were being sought. It felt as though we spent ten nights on our bellies. When it felt safe to, we stood. We ran to the fountain in the middle of town, where we hugged and started crying. What was that? What was that? They've always told us to stay out of the orchard. They say they protect the orchard as us, everyone knows. They told us all to stay out. Was that your... I don't know. I, I don't know. 
Was Giancarlo about to say that he was with us? I don't know. Do you see that? Because that would have been really stupid of him. It wouldn't have saved him. There's blood. I don't see any blood. All night, Alessandro kept trying to talk about our fathers. Giancarlo was also acting weird. That's why I came to get you. His eye. It was... Did you see his eye? I don't want to think about it. You came to get me. You saved me. You saved us. I saved us. Do you see that? You saved me. See what? The blood. The blood everywhere. Marcella started washing her hands in the fountain, even as the very water turned to blood. She cupped the blood in her hands and poured it over her hair. She scrubbed her face with it. This is what I saw, and it was what happened, or I was losing my mind. Either way, she took my hands and started rubbing the blood on them. And my face. She scrubbed my face with it. I breathed in to scream, and she put her hand over my mouth. No! You can talk to me about whatever it is you're seeing, but do not shriek into the night. Blood! There's blood everywhere! That's why I'm washing it off of you, you silly goose! Now, be still. The fountain is full of blood! You're washing me off with blood! Shh, shh, shh! Look at me. Look at me. She reached up from the fountain where Isabel, my favorite doll, made of silk, a gift from my father, floated face down. I must have been losing my mind now. Isabel took her bloody hands and put them on my bloody face, one on each cheek. She pulled me in close. Copper filled my nose. Look at me. Your eye. There's nothing wrong with my eye. It's fine. It's shot out. When did you get shot? Come on, you're clean. We need to get you home. The wind had picked up and the night had grown cold. Trees thrashed violently. They looked like men falling forward with the thrust of a Lupera shot. They became them. The streets were soaked in blood which got in our shoes. I cried silently from my remaining eye as I watched my Aunt Bambina try to escape San Cataldo, only to get pulled by the hair back inside the church by the menacing men I knew would kill her next. Because they had always killed her. I don't know how we got home. You were out last night. Your dress is stained with grass and your hair and face are a mess. Have you been crying? Never mind. Sneak out like that and you'll get what's coming to you. And what's coming to you might just make you cry. Clean yourself up. I sat up in my bed. Isabella fell to the side. She was not soaked with blood, as I expected. Rather, the horizontal stitches that made up her eye had been torn out, and the hole was bleeding. I poked it, and blood spurted out. Bambina, I mean it. Did you meet up with boys? Mama, no! I can't help a liar. I just hope you learnt your lesson. Whatever he did to make you cry is between you and the Lord, and your future husband, although I would hide this from him. She talked with her hands. The right one held Giancarlo's eye. The blood from it spattered across her body. It fell onto my rug. Mama! Let go of my hand and pull yourself together. As soon as she was gone, I went to clean the blood. But it was already gone. I went back to where my Isabella lay face down on my bed. I turned her over to find her face the same, although a red ribbon was coming out of her throat. I pulled at it and it disappeared. 
I'm going to the market. I was wondering if Bambini needs to pick up anything today. You are looking well this morning. Thank you. As are you. It is a lovely day. So it is. How did you sleep last night? Very well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I listened to them from my room. I could feel my mother's eyes examining my friend. I could see them getting shot out of her head. Good. I need eggs, cheese, flour and soap. I would tell Bambina, but she's out of sorts this morning, and I'm afraid she'll forget something. I hope she's not coming down with something. She's dazed like a girl who's come down with a matter of the heart. Maybe she'll confide in you about her troubles. They both talk with their hands, and as they do so, I watch the intestines wrapped around their fingers sway, suspended in the air between them. My mother handed Marcella blood-drenched money after I refused to touch it. Bambina, are you ready to go? Yes. You'll need a coat. Not all of us had such a fine one when we were younger. Yes, Mama. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bambina, what did you do? What does she know? I didn't change my clothes. There was grass in my hair. She knows that I was out. It sounds like she thinks you were too. I think so. She was looking at me. I figured from what I could hear. Did you deny that we went out? No. Did you tell her I was with you? No. Is she going to talk to my mother about it? I don't know. Oh, Bambina. I know. I'm a mess. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Pull yourself together. Are you still seeing blood everywhere? Yes, your throat. But it wasn't just her throat. The world was speckled throughout with blood. And all the pebbles had turned to Giancarlo's eye. Mandolin music echoed through the streets. On the way to the market only. By the time we get there, this is over and not just around me. I am not bleeding from my neck and I'm looking around and there's no blood anywhere. There was blood everywhere, and though I was quiet, I think she could tell I saw this. Once we were back home, she turned to me and said, That was much better. I expect the scene tomorrow. I need my best friend. The way she was... Don't you see it? Don't you see the blood? I see your mother's beautiful carnations. Please give her my compliments on them. I went inside and boiled some blood to make pasta. I kneaded a red loaf of bread, and I swept the droplets across the floor until they looked like falling stars. I went to the well and got some blood, and I got on my hands and knees and scrubbed the bone floors. I hoped that Marcella was right. Bambina? Come take a walk through the orchard with me. I was tired to my very bones and did not want to walk anywhere, much less the mile to the orchard, and least of all did I want to walk through the orchards. But my father was not asking me a question. Yes, Papa. We stepped outside and went to the edge of the hill, overlooking the orchard. Smell that? I love that smell. What is it? Blossoms? But what is it like? What is it, what is it like, Papa? Copper. You ever noticed that? No, Papa, I never did before, but it, it does smell like copper. 
He took me through the streets of Palermo. Had it been anyone else, I would have protested or at least questioned why we were taking the long way around. He stopped outside of San Cataldo. Your namesake, my perfect bambino, had a loud laugh, open-mouthed like she was screaming. I never actually heard her scream. I was not here when they pulled her into the church by her hair, where they did what they wanted with her before they killed her. But I can see it. I can hear her scream. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say something or not. I could hear the screams too. I could see them pulling her back into the church. Some of them looked like me. Some of them looked like my father. I just hope those bastards, forgive my language, didn't look like me. Papa. I hope it was over quick for her. Don't, don't say anything. Let's just keep walking. We walked until we reached the orchard. He went over to a tree and put his hand on the trunk. There was blood on it from the night before. I think this time it was real because he wiped his hand on his pants. Smooth, like bone, come feel. It's smooth. It's healthy. It's a beautiful tree. Very beautiful. Everything comes from these. Yes, Papa. Come on. We walked for some time. By the time we got home, the sun was setting. We stood on the hill where our house sat and looked over the world. Beautiful, isn't it? Very. What do you see when you look out? Palermo, which I love, and the orchard, where everything comes from. I see blood. But then I think, better theirs than mine. And as if on cue, the sun turned red in the sky, and my father went back in the house. Do I walk on floorboards made of bone, rugs of hair? Is my clothing dyed with blood? And are my shoes made with the flesh of the enemies of my family? Yes. Thank you for listening to Unwholesome. All episodes are written by me, Meredith Lindgren, and directed and scored by Nathan Paul. This was A Feast of Starving Saints. Angelo, the father, was played by Paul Lindgren. Saverina, the mother, was played by Lisa Hawks. Marcella was played by Jess Fisher. Giancarlo was played by Joe Goffany. And Alessandra was played by Nathan Paul. <laughs>